morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, whether you're watching this, well, live, and hopefully we can encourage more people to join us live because we'd really like you to join in the conversation, um, or you're going to be listening to the podcast, which is growing every week, and I thank you for your support on that, but it's a warm, well, I was going to say a cold welcome, but that's not how I feel, it's just the weather out here, but it's a warm welcome to oh. Nevin. Good Hi. afternoon, Hi. All hi, how are you? And uh, yes, good afternoon indeed. You know, interesting week with a lot of football matches. Can't wait to jump into the podcast and stream. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, uh, football is the one thing that is constant at the moment, and thank goodness for that. Um, we were just talking yesterday about um, the new fixture list that came out for February, for the EPL anyway, and um, because all the games will be behind closed doors. Uh, so yeah, a lot of football in the evenings, which is not a bad thing. Um, I always ask for a weather report, and that's only simply to cheer me up because I'm looking at a white scene outside because we had snow on Friday, we had snow yesterday, there's more snow out due later today, and we've had a heavy frost. So cheer me up and um, tell me the weather outside your window. You know what? I've been sweating. It's that hot. Oh, come on, man. It's not nice anymore. It's hot. Come on. So yeah even yesterday i was just like you know i wanted to take a bath like 11 in the night i switched on the tap there is no need for geyser the water is warm like just you know just take a bath i i mean i really need to like pinch myself to confirm that this is january this is this is this is unnaturally hot this is not even all hot. right okay well, the temperatures i'm assuming in the mid 20s when they should be in the low 20s or in the teens I think this is the 30s now. Wow. Okay. That yeah, is, it uh, is 30 degrees right now. <coughs> that is some sort of weather, isn't it? Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. hot. Um, but um, yeah, the other thing that's uh, keeping me warm, and I'm sorry I have to start with this because it's not often we win comfortably against course, the Blue yeah. Boys. <laughs> I don't know what your Wednesday morning was like, or uh, I'm not sure if you stayed up to watch your boys, but uh, it was uh, one of the most comfortable I wins I we've did. had against Chelsea. Um, did you catch any of the highlights? We, we did talk about it prior. No, I didn't even bother watching the highlights. I was just like... You know, this is. I, I knew this was going to happen. Maybe I thought the scorers would be different, but apart from that, I kind of expected the result. And and I think it's 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 you know it's on merit. I don't think it, it's some fluke show or anything that you know. Leicester have been playing has have been the better side. They've definitely got the better manager, and thoroughly deserved victory. If you ask me, Chelsea are just all over the place, and I mean it's reached a point where I think they need to change the manager. There's no other way out, but. Yeah, I mean, for a Leicester fan, it was an incredible performance. Like I said, it's not often uh, we win so comfortably against your boys. But to, to be fair to you, and we, we, we spoke about it last week, looking forward to the game, and you were quite rightly not confident I was being a typical Leicester fan, you know, half glass full until it's done. Um, but your boys just didn't have, I don't know, you know, there didn't seem to be the passion, there didn't seem to be the work rate, there didn't seem to have any ideas. Um, it's not looking too good. I mean, um, you're in mid-table at the moment. You could go below Southampton. They've got a game in hand. But you don't want to end up in where Arsenal are. But I can see it happening. Yeah, and of course, and, and to be fair, Arsenal are on the up, regardless of their FA Cup. But I think they've been doing well. So, 
you know, Arsenal and Chelsea seem to be like swapping places soon. And uh, I think Chelsea are going to, uh, unless they do something, usually Chelsea management don't wait that long. So mm. that's my hope. They're not those guys who just wait for two, three seasons and just, you know, no. you know. So, because I I feel we've got players. I don't I don't have any problems with the team per se. Maybe a maybe a defender here and there, little changes here and there. But like otherwise, this is a side that should be absolutely challenging for a trophy. And especially in a season where the likes of Liverpool, uh, the likes of you know a lot of other teams not being really consistent in terms of their performances, I think uh, Chelsea should have been challenging for title and not you know being in the mid to mid table push. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. It's one of those seasons, and a lot of people point out to when we won the title that it was one of those seasons that uh, a lot of the top teams were either rebuilding. Obviously, I don't buy into that. They're still a top team, but they're saying they're sort of comparing it to that season where it's very open, but obviously for different reasons because of what's happening around the world. And uh, this is an opportunity for the likes of Chelsea and maybe even Arsenal at the start of the season. And, oh, and no. mind you, Chelsea did pay a lot. It's not even like they didn't rebuild in the summer. They, they, they spent a lot of money, got a lot of players. So, I mean, if you're Frank Lampard, you probably have no excuses. But he keeps saying, you know, we're just you know, still you know, polishing ourselves, this, that, same old narrative. I can afford it this kind of time. Even Andrew Villas post was, uh, I think, sacked before this and he had a better win rate and i remember those days being horrible i hated being a chelsea fan and you know we were losing a couple of matches but now we just gotten used to this pattern of just losing so many matches and you know manager what? justifying it english talent and all that hype. well i mean he is getting i've said this to you before he's getting a lot of uh, rope um he's yeah you know um and the usual excuse is that he's got a lot of young players new to the league, still getting used to it. And I'm thinking, well, if you look at the other teams, if you look at Fernandes at um, Man United, the young players we've brought in, Fofana, uh, Pratt and the likes, who fitted in, and Castagna, um, and there's examples all over the place. Why are Chelsea the exception? And do you buy into that excuse that the young players are still getting used to the league? Even they've been brought mm. at big money. So the whole idea is that Chelsea is not a training ground for you. This is not that club where you can come, you know, work your way, earn your badges, and you know, go to better teams. That's not what Chelsea is about. And so, if you've signed them, what were you thinking when you were signing them? And the likes of you know Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and. If they are in that main squad, they better be there by the virtue of their performance and not because they are English and young. I mean, I don't buy into that theory. Chelsea is not that side. We've let go of the likes of Lukaku, De Bruyne, Salah. I mean, I, the, the list is uh, unbelievable. You let them go because they are not good enough for you. And then you come and come with this you know, excuse that you know, they're going to take time to perform. Why did you keep these guys there? It just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, I'm starting to talk like, you know, Arsenal fan TV, but this is how... <laughs> You're much milder. I was watching Vicky's... Uh, one thing you have to give Arsenal fan TV is that when they're losing, they don't hold back. And I was watching them yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've talked about the FA Cup, but the FA Cup really means a lot here. It really does, honestly, uh, to even the big clubs. Um, and um, I was seeing their reaction, plus the fact they were holders and the team he put out. Arteta, the favourite 
a little bit of comparison there. He's he's an ex-Arsenal, not legend, but a favourite. And um, he was giving quite a bit of um, leeway as well at the start because of who he was and what he was trying to do. And he won the FA Cup. But yesterday, you could see um, things turning as well in terms of his team selection and um, uh, just not having a plan B. Um, but no, you're much milder than Arsenal fan TV. And um, I don't think I want to get to that stage where... Um, we are compared this to is what, this is what Scott will have to launch its own like separate wing for that <laughs> I, I tell you what when uh, our national team plays I think uh, we'll have to do something like that and um, see, see what the views are but um, before we come to the ISL and uh, what's been happening this week because um, mm -hmm. you've had some good news there and I want to bring that up with you as well um, just again Going back to last week's um, show, and we talked a lot about the um, beautiful documentary or short uh, video you made about the Man City fan, and you recommended everybody go and see your favourite, which was the Arsenal one. And I did, and I hope a lot of people did as well. Um, again, um, a beautifully shot, beautifully made um and the gentleman there got away with naming two of his sons after well i think one of them is called arsenal and the other one aaron. aaron i could yeah. probably understand that you know the wife might think it's, it's yeah common, yeah but arsenal i mean that yeah. is taking it to I another level for, absolutely absolutely and uh i mean i did talk to his son he seemed happy about it. he didn't have much of a fast <laughs> and uh, a big ozil fan strangely sadly i guess i mean not strangely i think he probably saw the big ozil for arsenal um, and yeah, obviously it was a fine interview. And you know what I like about the cup and both stories? They're, they're absolutely middle class. They're not coming from a space where, you know, Premier League is accessible. They can go to, go to screenings, you know, go to Etihad, go to Emirates. You know, these are people from really middle class families, really, really loving Premier League. And I mean, this is a great, a greatest advertisement for the sport and for the league itself, I think. The fact that it's it's you know broken all barriers and everybody loves football in this place. Well, this is going to be my question. When I saw the video last week, then I watched the video yes, uh, um, yes, um, this week around the Arsenal um, uh, fan was the location. They're not coming from big city. Well, it didn't look like big cities, and um, with the greatest respect. Excuse me for both of them. You know they weren't teenagers. You know coming onto the EPL in a, uh, in the last few years, they've been long term comparatively fans of their teams, but they're not. You know what you normally associate with fans of England, EPL. I don't know what I'm. Um, if you see what I mean, I know what I mean. Yeah, I think that was the sort of. Uh, I mean that was my intention as well. Because I think when you talk about Premier League fans in India, in India, we just clearly talk about a certain class. I mean, yeah. I'm not blaming anybody who's doing it, mm. uh, but like it's they're more approachable, they're more easy to speak in English. They'll talk about, you know, they'll cite a lot more of examples of, you know, how how I got to see, uh, you know, Beckham do that free kick or like, you know, those kind of stories. But here we are. I mean, these are incredible stories on its own. They've not had the privilege yeah. to go. UK or you know mm. even buy a jersey for example even buy an original jersey for example but wow like you know that doesn't mean they're any less of a fan no. probably more no. because if somebody is naming the child Arsenal they better be serious <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. That is um, a big commitment. And you know how, I'm, how much I love Leicester, but there's uh, no way I would be <laughs> able to name my either of my sons, either after any of the players or definitely not Leicester. I mean, um, you, can, you can call your son like something like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, no, it's not something I would have got away with a bit. Fair play. Uh, yeah. He's got a very understanding wife. Uh, you should have asked her opinion. Um, but uh, I'm sure she's, um, you know, uh, happy with the decision, obviously. But no, another beautiful story that I really liked. And um, uh, again, you did recommend it. It was your favourite compared to the Man City one. And if people haven't seen it, check out the um, Premier League um page on twitter for um for india, india. Yeah, yeah. Um, and check out and all that and there's another one coming this week I guess. and which club is that associated with i mean take a guess it's not united is it or liverpool of course it has to be united you know i mean purely by the numbers i think there has to be like one united fan Oh dear, yeah, yeah I suppose. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 but um, yeah, it was a beautiful, yeah. How, how do, I mean, they don't speak English, do they? No, they don't. So, do they do you get um commentary in the local language for EPL? Oh, I mean, they, they, they can understand it's, it's just a matter of not speaking. being confident enough to speak, right? Okay, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, no, fantastic. Care. I mean, Kerala is that quite a, a a state that really understands English. Like wherever you go in the state, you know, like that's. I think that part of you know it being a very tourism dependent state, and also the fact that you know, uh, I mean, if you look at the history, also there's been uh, schools everywhere. There's a lot of you know educational rights and and I think uh, that way the state is quite okay with English. Right. Okay. Brilliant. No, I look forward to, even though it will be a United one, I'm, I'm sure if it's in comparison to the other two, it'll be a beautiful watch and uh, it'll be good to hear their story as well. No, fantastic. Um, and um, although we don't see you in front of the camera and uh, I'm, uh, this is all um, Nevin's work, so amazing, amazing work. Uh, but I don't know if you want to talk about this, but um, you can tell me we can talk about it another day and I'm putting you in the spot here. It's something I saw on... Um, Facebook today um, about the Indian International um, that's coming out. Are you okay to talk about that today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's not an Indian International. He's he's made till the camp. He never actually played for the national team. Or, but he, he must have played for the state or um, yeah, at, yeah, a, yeah. at a high level to get to even to the camp. Yeah, he's played for like Mohammedan Sporting and back then Premier Dias in Kerala also was a huge team. Uh, uh, so for those of us, um, for those um, people, I know that video is coming out and um, one one um, thing I wanted to do was give a shout out, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to that uh, for people to watch and see what they can do. But uh, can you give us a bit of background to that story without, you know, uh, ruining it or, you know, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I mean, I think the video is going to be about his, you know, playing days and all, but I think the story itself is way larger. Um, I happened to hear about his story through another uh, footballer who told me, Nevin, you probably need to check this out and his, uh, his condition isn't that great. So, um, unfortunately, despite playing at the, you know, the highest levels, he is you know, struggling financially. Uh, he, 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 can't, he can't walk. I mean, he struggles to walk because he's got like a bad knee and he doesn't have the finances to you know, get an operation. 
his wife is uh, mentally ill like like in a very difficult stage so i did visit his house the house was completely ruined and uh, there's just the two of them looking after each other i i mean to be very honest i don't want to make this about you know poverty and you know i mean because he's a man with his own pride and i don't want to you know make this a shout out to help him or something but uh, bharat i've not been in such a you know difficult space ever as a journalist i think the, the poverty shows uh the 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 house is half done it's not even like complete he had to sell off his property to another space so he's just got like one small house in the backyard like uh, in the original house is no longer there and uh, uh and yeah i mean he he got a small tea stall so that was how he was running for a while like uh, post his retirement he was uh, running a small tea stall he just make tea for people and uh, do that but now he's not well so he can't run that so he gets a for that space and this is this is not really like a city area it's a little off the city so for that space he gets rupees 6500 a month and that's his monthly income that's 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 like really really low and to for like two people who are really and old and like i mean i know as as a journalist we've been always conditioned to not be attached to our stories you know you know your objective is to tell the stories to people and if they feel something it's but how can you not how can you as somebody who's uh, been involved in football look at somebody who's represented a team as big as mohammedan sporting in the 70s they're as big as mohan bagan and east bengal for people who are listening and not really aware of uh, kolkata football they've just died down in the last you know 20 years or something otherwise they're as much part of the history and they're as old as these clubs in fact if i remember right mohammed sporting is older than east bengal so for you know somebody to represent uh, you know mohammed sporting for 3 years uh, played with the you know the in the like late 70s and all is it's peak calcutta football it's 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 where the best in the country uh, come to play the uh, apply the trade and to go you know to you know have seen have seen it all and come back home and you know go through this it's just it's just yeah i don't know i just feel bad and i just feel like as somebody who's involved in indian football i owe it to him you know he's the reason why we do our jobs and mm-hmm. uh that you know we make his life slightly better i'm not it's not like i'm blessed with a lot of money that i can just take care of him mm-hmm. but maybe if i you know do justice to his story maybe some people will you know take it up maybe the kerala football association might think something maybe gokulam is listening maybe kerala blasters are listening they might they might want to do something maybe the football federation wants to do something but we can't let i mean i've done so many of these stories myself i did uh, meet uh, 1973 santosh trophy winning uh, coach for kerala uh, simon sundarraj in tanjavur in 2018 he's still well off because he had a job and he was like very careful with his life and all but he did tell me about multiple footballers from hyderabad in the, in the great hyderabad police team in the 60s uh, who really had to struggle in their you know they they had to like uh, you know the, their final stages of life was just horrible and we can't keep doing this now now we we're talking about players who played in the 80s and late 70s we've reached there now now if you don't stand up i don't know when you do okay we, we forgot the fact that say simon sundaraj for example is a guy who scored the last goal for india in the olympics if we don't care about such a person it's the same uh, olympics that milka singh uh, you know ran and you know created that record or almost no, but... a medal so 
somebody from that era the last person he was part of a team that held france to a one man draw mm. imagine he from that royalty and the fact that nobody knows him he's just hidden there in one small village somehow you know you know just going through his fine days it's just it's just well, too much firstly i have to credit you for doing these documentaries and the fact that you said you know you're going there as a journalist but you're also a human being at the end of the day and you cannot not be affected by what you see i mean it wouldn't be right uh, you'd be um very hard person and i know you're quite the opposite you're a very understanding and uh, humane person and you would be affected if you saw something um like that and uh, it comes through uh, what you just said as well and um that's why when i saw it this morning i wanted to just see the background and um i'm not saying i'm looking forward to seeing the documentary obviously i am but obviously i know what's going to come but uh, the fact that it just might makes you want to do something no the interview is actually quite inter- sorry no, the interview is not anything like that interview is just you know football because i think yeah. he didn't want to talk about his condition and i didn't want to force him you know to talk yeah. about his poverty mm-hmm. or anything like that so mm-hmm. it's just but i i, I think it's probably like different from yeah and, and it'll be it'll be incredible to hear his story because these are the stories and i think you mentioned this in podcasts we've done in the past where we're losing so many stories uh you mentioned about uh, especially the sport in kerala and the history and uh, you know people are it's not been written and it's not been documented or visualized and you're doing your your incredible work where you are talking to these uh, past heroes and the the gentleman you said just scored our last ever olympic goal i mean that was an incredible performance i think we finished fourth and for him to and this is my shame really not knowing his name um it's embarrassing uh, it's down to all of us to remember these heroes including you don't have to like you said he played for mumbai sporting at their peak they were getting 80 90 100,000 people watching those games so to get into that sort of team in that league at that time shows you the stature of this gentleman and um um i know the video is going to be about his story playing football but uh, you know if people are listening and um i don't know i, I was just thinking top of my head uh, so like a go fund me page and he's not that sort of a person they're all very proud these old gentlemen they're very very proud i know but uh, the, the, these stories are you know hard to hear but disappointing because uh, let's face it football for all all its sports has got a lot of money swashing around I'm not talking about ISL I'm talking about the National Federation even the state federations you know there's quite a few of them that are you know they've got contacts they've got people that can support there's the government there's a lot of options for people to help out these people who've um given their life to sport and that's not easy to do that's not an easy so, option to take playing sport in india especially back in the well i say back in the day but you're talking about 70s and 80s which is not the same as the 60s and 50s which was even harder um and i really really hope that this message gets out and um people can either set up a page or something like that whether it's for this gentleman or just generally i'll be happy to contribute more than happy to contribute and um it's a wonderful wonderful thing you're doing that you're highlighting this and um you know i look forward to listening to the gentleman's story um and uh where where can people watch it and what day do you think it'll be out sometime this week yeah hopefully sometime this week i i have to finish up one other story before i sit on this so hopefully towards the end of this week maybe and next week you know. it'll be out on which uh, platform 
it'll be out on Kalpanta uh, YouTube channel. So people can just go there and watch. And it'll also be like put on Twitter and Facebook. Brilliant. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. And we'll see, um, uh, you know, if anything comes out of it, hopefully something positive will. Um, moving on to a, another documentary that I happened to chance upon yesterday on Amazon. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. Um, I only saw it as I was flicking through recommendations. And that was a documentary on Hung Myun Sing, uh, Song, uh, the Korean uh, yeah. sensational. I highly recommend that documentary. It was an incredible insight into him. And um, I'm not going to spoil it too much if you've not seen it. We'll, we'll save it for another day to have this uh, chat. Um, and OK, so we'll leave it for another day. I'm going to let the view, the listeners, the viewers um, check that out. It's on Amazon. It's called Sensational. On the back of that, uh, I've got quite a few questions for you, Nevin, and um, how you relate to it. Okay, um, the other one I wanted to refer back to, this was a cricket one I saw. Again, I think it was on um, Amazon uh, called Beyond All Boundaries. Um, it was highlighting three uh, people, pretty sure, when he was like eight, nine, ten years old. The super fan of Indian cricket, Sudhir, and a young Indian woman, cr woman cricketer from Mumbai, Akshay. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Okay, there's two, and they are linked, and I'll tell you why. And... Um, once you've seen it, we'll have a wow. discussion Something about it. Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it brought a um, uh, strong reaction for me. But we'll leave that for another day because I think it's only fair. Once you've seen it, we'll watch it. Moving on to what's been happening. Um, well, firstly, because we started the conversation about Chelsea and uh, the league and uh, what's happening uh, in the EPL, before we move to the big topic, which is the ISL, um, in terms of Liverpool and the loss against Burnley and where you think Liverpool are now, um, they looked a very jaded team. I don't know if you caught the game. And um, the front three, the famous front three, um, were lacking ideas. And um, this is, goes back to Alex Ferguson's days where he used to you know, change the team slowly but on a regular basis. And they were talking about, you know... Um, Liverpool had pretty much the same team from three years ago, and it probably might be catching up with them. The staleness, the sameness. Um, do you think that's the case with Liverpool? Um, then if that's the case, why isn't it with Man City? Because they are that machine is starting to oil and gel. Yeah, I mean, with Man City, I think they've just got better squad depth. So. And the fact that uh, Guardiola has sort of gone back to his drawing board and, you know, at least change the tactics a little in terms of, you know, they are very defense-centric. Like, if you if you have an FPL team, I'm sure you have a City defender because now they've, they've become some of the most reliable defensive unit out there. And that's not what you associated Guardiola with, with say, some two, three years back. So, I think City is sort of reinvented itself and hence City is looking fresher. Uh, even, I don't think, even City is like really out there and performing well. I think they've got another gear for sure. Uh, with Liverpool, yes, whatever I agree with whatever you said. I thought Jota was a very interesting signing, but unfortunately, he picked up a big injury. Jota would have been that freshness in that uh, in the attack. Uh, they passed up that opportunity to sign Werner. I think Werner would have suited them as well. 
maybe now Klopp is thinking, hey, maybe we should have been, you know, a little more clever. But it's not, it's not, uh, you know, you can't blame the team also because you've got three very exciting young forwards. If you, if you bring the likes of Werner and Jota, then there's going to be a lot of doubts. Maybe Mane might want to go to Liverpool, to a Real Madrid or things like that. So, probably that. And obviously, the defensive uh, calamity is not helped either, right? They've not got any defenders playing. So, you've got the likes of Henderson playing as centre-back. And that's not ideal in you know, that's not ideal. You don't want Fabinho and Henderson playing in the, in the centre-back position. So, uh, a lot of that. And let's not, you know, discount something uh, called the mental exhaustion. I think season has been very tough on everybody. Um, and they've been champions. So, in some sense, they gave it all the last two years. They were almost champions. And they went and became champions. They became European champions. I think just what they want to probably celebrate more. You know, spend more time with family. It's just human for us to, you know, achieve something and just sort of like then relax, you know, take breath. Just, you know, we will get there, but I need some time to just rest. It, it's, it takes the most, you know, the most, diff, like, most motivated champions to sustain it. That's why these likes of Roger Federer and, uh, you know, Nadal and all of them are incredible. Because they just kept doing it. They didn't, you know, the moment they won something, they didn't, you know, take their foot off the pedal. They sort of got, like, addicted in it. Uh, it's a team sport though so you can't like one person you know being motivated enough is not going to be you know good enough and I, sometimes I feel like the, I think we've discussed this before as well Klopp himself seems to have lost the plot in terms of what to say out in the open uh, he's definitely not you know he's probably still a very good coach but he's not saying the right things on TV I feel uh, and I'm sure the players are also listening to all this and thinking hey maybe our coach is right you know we've been hard done by this that and I'm sure they don't really like the fact that United are doing well as well. So, that's also probably playing in the back of the mind. So, I think it's a mix of all these things. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, and uh, I totally agree with you, what makes the difference between a great per- a player, a sportsman like Federer, and the others is the fact that they can churn out wins and titles, you know, back to back. And that's the sign of a great team or a great sports person. And they mentioned it actually on the uh, it was a character of all people. He said, you know, they're a good team, but to become a great team, you need to either win more titles or continue winning titles. Back to back, I think Man City, the only one that have done it recently, um, and they are a great team, quite rightly. Um, but um, yeah, they're, they're, it's not it's not going to get any easier because they've got Manchester United in the FA Cup today as well. So the pressure is going to be there again for I think more on Klopp this time um, after the defeat at Burnley, and they've got a couple of big. Um, uh, games coming up is not an easy. You know, uh, I kind of expected this. I know it sounds, you know, it sounds easier to say post the match, but I almost picked Barnes in my FPL team. <laughs> this, this, you know, you know, inner feeling that uh, you know he's going to do well and there's Liverpool. He traditionally performs well against Liverpool, if I remember right. So I was like, maybe I should pick him, but I didn't. But yeah, sometimes I think I should listen to my instincts. Well, yeah, I, I absolutely uh, always goes with you. Always go with your gut. I think that's what, what they say. You can't uh, go wrong if you do that more times, more um, often. It'll be right. <coughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this um, league pans out because we've said it often that it's very different. Uh, but um, and we said it at the start of the show. Um, it's hard to call, although Man City are looking good at the moment. Very, very good. Um, they had a 
good win yesterday in the FA Cup after being a goal down. It's never easy going to these smaller clubs, as I'm going to be feeling. I, very... I just wanted to ask you, uh, what, are, what are people talking about, say, Aston Villa, West Ham and all that? They've been playing. I've really liked Aston Villa, for example. They've been a very consistent team for me. They've been, like with Grealish and good defence. Martinez is a great keeper. What, are, what is the mood there in England? I think because the likes of ourselves and Southampton are doing well, it's sort of um, taking a bit of the headlines away from the likes of West Ham and um, Aston Villa. Um, West Ham, you know, this is a, they're not expecting tops. They're not talking about, whereas with Southampton and Leicester, you know, the, the talk is about possible top six. For us, there's a, even a maybe at the outside a title uh, challenge, maybe. Um, but um, with West Ham and Aston Villa, I think Grealish is obviously now one of the favourites to get into the England team, which he wasn't at the start um, yeah. because of, the, of his performances. Uh, they've been lucky uh, in the sense with injuries um, and uh, the, the, the way they started the season has helped them. Um, so they're not taking the headlines, but you can see them... Um, you know, being respected, uh, but with being a Leicester fan, I don't like Aston Villa at all. Um, I'm not, you know. I mean, I, if if Chelsea are playing Aston Villa next, I'd be like really scared. I I think that you know there's going to be different. I don't know. I mean, Ollie Watkins scored after a while yesterday. Um, he's not been in top form. It's one of those that if Grealish plays, I mean, they create chances. But yeah. um, they're not, I know they beat uh, Liverpool by a big margin, but um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they not really so, followed it up with a lot of attacking performances. They yeah. They at the back. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, 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 they're one of those clubs that people are not, they're sort of there or thereabouts, but not making the headlines, if you see what, what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think. Um, Probably it looks nicer because the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea are faltering. So then, Comparatively, these teams are playing as good as Chelsea, but it's not necessarily great. Yeah, yeah, and that also gives a bit of a false. Also, uh, if um, um, any fans from Villa or West Ham are listening in, they probably think you know we do that. We are playing a lot better. They are, but uh, there could be two places below Chelsea or Arsenal were um, yeah. playing a normal game. But hopefully, they'll fall apart, especially Villa. I'm hoping they do. <laughs> um, but moving on to uh, the ISL and what's been happening yes. this week. And before I talk about the great week um, that's happened to you in your state, I want to talk about um, our favorite like manager. Dance. <laughs> I like people watching. Um, well, they're certainly reacting, but I want to talk about a manager who we've talked about a lot. And this week, a couple of... Um, one that you showed me, one of the uh, interviews he did, and the other one I saw on the uh, on the YouTube channel, YouTube channel he did after the game, and that's the one and only Robbie Fowler. Um, I don't know no, what to make of him. Before the show started, I was like, you know, maybe I should uh, not dedicate this show to Robbie Fowler because I've been doing that for I think the last few episodes, where I've been just like you know anti Robbie Fowler since like the moment you put out the topic, I almost feel you. You plan a section for it every every episode. You know, just let's get Nevin talking about Robbie Fowler because that's he, like he, a... <laughs> he should he he should be media gold at the moment because of what he uh, says and how he comes across and oh my he's got God, no he's so... 
no respect for referees. He doesn't rate referees in India. It didn't, he didn't. He disrespected the Indian players and the East Bengal squad for the start, saying, you know, this was built for the I League. He's got no respect for the media and the questions that he's been put uh, and um, the, what he's been asked. And he calls it out really bluntly. There's no, you know, sugarcoating what he says or niceties. And Absolutely. you see the difference between him and the other managers who get similar questions, let's face it. Yeah. Even you're thinking, oh, that's a silly question by that media house, you know. But the managers still give respect to it. Robbie, I, and I was thinking, I need to have a look at how he did interviews in the A-League, whether he was the same with those sort of media outlets in Australia, because we know what the Australian media outlets like. They're very uh, like England, really. You know, they, they won't let it go, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, especially what the clip you sent me, I don't know how widely it was shared in India, and the interview I saw in the uh, ISL package on YouTube, that is, I don't know, bordering, well, it's definitely rude, definitely disrespectful. But in a way, is he looking down on us? Absolutely. I don't know what is a doubt. I don't know why he's going to you know, feel the need to defend it. But I was, I think, talking to someone on Twitter who was like, no, do you, are you questioning Robbie Fowler? He's a legend. I'm like, I'm not denying he's a legend. But he's not come here and, uh, you know, no, nobody has a right. You know, even if, say, I quote right there. Even Sir Alex comes and manages uh, East Bengal, for example. Even he has no right to be like, you know, asking Pratyum whether he knows what it feels like. or like yeah. It's just ridiculous. You, know? you don't have to like, you know, go on this personal. I think it's just all about himself. Uh, and um, I don't know. I don't know why the fans don't see through it. We are not questioning East Bengal. We're giving the club the respect it deserves. We're just talking about a manager, you know, just coming and disrespecting the whole ecosystem which you are part of. Mm. He is looking down on your club as well. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, just uh, absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't think I want to keep going on because I thought East Bengal on the field was not so bad. In the last yeah. couple of matches, they've been like quite decent and credits yeah. to Robbie Fowler because I thought he's going to come and he's going to be like a horrible coach as well. But at least on field, they've seemed to have some spark. The new signings have sort of, you know, really worked well. They've not gotten the results yet. Mm. But again, so was it FC Goa? They played really well and I thought yeah. they deserved the point at least. And, yeah. Uh, so credits where it is due, but like Mr. Fowler, if you're listening, please, please, please. This is not how you know you you, you don't just come to a you know a league and start like disrespecting it so much. Like you, you shouldn't have just come. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. If you if you felt uh, you know the challenge was not good enough, if it's not meant for a former Liverpool player to come here, then don't come. Nobody is forcing you. Yes. Yeah. Now I, I've got a lot of respect for East Bengal and how they've turned it around. The um, you know, they're playing really well, like you said, they have really good results and um, they're coming into some sort of form. Um, I think I saw the game against Mumbai, I thought they played really well, although Mumbai had quite yeah, a few Mumbai, chances. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, he's boiling it for me. I want to give a lot of credit to East Bengal. And obviously, Robbie has to take, let's face it, a lot of credit for turning them around from where they started because they didn't have a big pre-season like the other clubs and a lot of new players and everything. There was a lot of newness to East Bengal. Uh, but he's clouding yeah. that and um, I don't like it. And I certainly, it. I don't know, I was going to say it made me feel uncomfortable the way he was speaking, you know, in the clip you sent me um, to that, uh, uh, sorry, I forget the gentleman's name, but he's the um, pundit on there, isn't he? Um, 
on the uh, coverage and um, it just felt a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and um, especially and also in the I League uh, when uh, the ISL clip that I saw after the uh, the game and uh, he's I thought you know fair play to that interviewer. He carried on uh, despite the uh, responses he was getting, but that you know he needs to. Um, somebody needs to have a word with him, especially in the hierarchy. We know who the owners are; they're very proud Indians, yeah. and um, yeah, just tone it down, Robbie. Um, we respect what you're doing for the club and the pit on the pitch and the turn and the performances, but the attitude needs to um, just uh, change. Um, but. Just like uh, the Liverpool fans have been quiet recently on Twitter in India, and uh, I see them when they're winning, and the, you can't miss the tweets because I follow a few of them, and we we know a few of them as well. We've interviewed them on this podcast. But um, how quiet are the BFC fans, especially after the incredible local derby win for your, well, I was saying your boys, but boys from your state, and what do you think of the uh, blasters? Because let's face it, we've talked about them for the uh, in a few podcasts, and we've said, you know, how are the blasters fans feeling? You know, are they happy? They must be happy now. Of course, they're happy because I mean, it's like I mean, probably like a very uh, bad example, but like you, you cage an animal and then you give it food occasionally, uh, and it becomes strange to you know enjoy that little bit of food that comes occasionally. That's its only moment of joy. So I, I, I somehow feel safe for Kerala Blasters. These occasional victories are all it gets. I don't still think it's a good, sustainable, and nice system, but like those occasional food that comes to you in your cage um, is, um, is, are these victories. And it doesn't get bigger than Bangalore FC in the rivalry. It, it's, it's a rivalry that's more like social culture than anything to do with actual kids' performance because Bangalore has dominated the system for as much as I can remember. And they are. They have been the better team throughout their time here in the ISL, and both of them have uh, collided. But that aside, it was fun. Like there's a lot of biryani banter, you know. Because last time the the, the Bangalore FC team had won, they had put out a video with Eric Bartlow and Kutreen. So now you know, Kerala Blast has put out a video with all these you know uh, players talking about biryani recommendations. Strangely, it's not like Kochi or Bangalore are known for biryani so much, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, if I remember right, the, uh, the origin of the story has something like, you know, Kerala Blasters fans saying that, you know, biryani, uh, Bangalore were distributing biryani to get fans on board because they didn't have any fans and they were afraid that, you know, uh, in the away fixer is going to be a sea of yellow. So they were actually giving free biryani and getting people to, you know, come uh, come watch the match. And so All that. right. Yeah, so I think that's the, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the, the other team started calling, oh, you are the Biryani FC, and then it just become, now a lot of people don't understand this story, though. a lot of people think it's got to do with actual Biryani pride, no, it's it's, it's more it's to do with that. That's a wonderful, wonderful story, um, yeah. good. That's it. But yeah, that, that that was a good win, a bit of a controversial winner, but they all count yeah. end of the day, um, and the, the Blasters fans, I know you, you said, you know, uh, but they should be confident. I've been looking at their fixture list. Um, we've highlighted different clubs at different stages, you know, uh, Jamshedpur and Hyderabad, who, who might be, hopefully, one of these teams will get into the top four. Um, but I have to say, I think uh, the Blasters have got a chance. I mean, in the last uh, six, seven games, yeah. I know they've got they ATK and Mumbai, but the other ones are winnable. 
and they should have won against Goa. I mean, there's yeah. no two ways about it. They should have. It was a good Goa. result, one-one against Goa. But look at this way: they played almost 35 minutes without their like on 30 odd minutes with or 10 men, and Kerala had a couple of really good chances, which uh, I thought the Hoopers' idea to pass the ball instead of you know going for the target. Yeah, itself, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Kerala should have won. Uh, yesterday, I know it comes from a space of oh, you, you know, we're talking about a team that we never even ex- you know expected to sort of uh, challenge for the top four. Now we're saying oh, this should have been an FC Goa. I know it, it sounds a little ridiculous, but yeah, I think these are the things that you require if you have to challenge for the because Kerala didn't have a good start, so you have to have a good finish to the season, just like Chennai had last time around. So now it, it's come to a point where you need victories. You can't do with draws and. Uh, let's face it, City and ATK are very difficult to crack. So, and uh, uh, the way it is looking, I think uh, I keep saying Chelsea, Kerala Blasters would probably require a victory against these sides to really confirm that slot. So interesting times, but I think this the the hype is back. People are talking about Kerala Blasters again, I, even I though I think the derby was uh, derby was one of the most I think the boring derby in terms of social media. Um, Banter and stuff because I think even the Bangalore fans have been extremely quiet. Even before the match, they've been just well, like, "It's not our season. We're not, you know, being." <laughs> yeah, you can't blame them for being quiet, but I'm surprised. No, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm like, "Hey, welcome on board." <laughs> now you know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was looking at the fixtures, like I said, for uh, the Blasters, and they got Jamshedpur, then they got ATK, then MS, uh, Mumbai, but then they got Orisha, Hyderabad, and Chennai, and I think they finished with North East. So. The games that you know they've got a really good um, chance, um, considering where they were a couple of few weeks ago. In fact, they've had a good week. Um, but uh, one player, well, two players, I want you to ask you about because you're always educating me about these players. Um, one is uh, Rahul. Um, is he a forward? Because he's got three goals um, this season. I know we're struggling for Indian fun. strikers. Um, what can you tell me about Rahul? He's played for the national team, hasn't he? Or yeah, he hasn't. Yeah. I, I think he uh, for, no, he has not played for the national team. The thing is, uh, he's represented junior teams uh, for the country. He played in the under seventeen World Cup as well. Uh, big talent, big big talent. Works really hard. We were a little amazed that he coloured his hair blonde, but now he's gone back. It's, I was going to say thank you for podcast. having a word with him. <laughs> yes, it's not just us who noticed though. Even the likes of Ayam Vijayan were pointing it out. So. Clearly, I mean, you and I, Vijay, are thinking the same thing. Uh, but <laughs> no, I did and, notice that uh, yesterday, it, and I was going to say I better thank uh, forward my thanks to uh, Nevin for sorting that out because I saw the game against Goa, and he he not pleased his hair, and I thought that credit goes to Nevin for that. So yeah, sorry, you were telling us about him and the talent he is because I was yeah, impressed I with him. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think he's a winger. A lot of people have thought that he that you know, attract uh, you know. Bit uh, young winger with a lot of trickery and uh, you know can like an Udanta. I think a lot of people mm. thought he's going to be like an Udanta, but I always thought he's got a finish in him, and he's probably not that great with feet. There are better people with dribbles and abilities out there. He's probably more of an attacker. He's got direct, so he'll probably have like one one move to beat a defender, and then he has to shoot. So I think he's always he has to be in the penalty box. I don't think he's the out and out striker. He's not your target man. So it is up to you to design a system like a secondary striker or somebody who can, like Thomas Muller, for example. He always drifts to the wide area and then. But is he a striker? Is he a winger? We don't know, right? Like a 
uh, sort of a floating position. So I think it's it's up to the coach to really trust this young kid because he can score. He definitely mm. has ability to score. So I think we need to put him in uh, in a, in in an advanced position. I think given how Changte has performed and how many chances Changte requires to finally score, I think Rahul in that position would have been way more lethal. I think he's got way better conversion ratio and he's a confident young man. So, um, oh, yeah, exciting. Yeah, he's definitely got the confidence. And um, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, because I was impressed with him yesterday. Um, uh, and um, he's scoring three goals, which is, you know, a goal scorer in Indian football is like gold dust. So uh, yeah. I just wanted to take it, your thoughts on. And also on another one that's leading the charts uh, with Sunil um, is uh, Halicharan Nazri. Um, I know um, Rahul, in height wise, he's probably in the same mold as um, Sunil. Uh, sort of that mid uh, five 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 six, but uh, Nasri's five ten or something. Um, but he's he's four goals. It's helping Hyderabad. Um, yeah. It's and um, but is he getting a look in? And do you think uh, he's a uh, he's a so, mid twenties, isn't he? Yeah, I mean Nasri is one of the very interesting characters because uh, Stephen Constantine loved him. He always picked him and right. a lot of Indian fans would be like, oh no, look at the bias again. Why is Susirat not playing? Why is Udanta not playing? Why is this Udanta usually plays? But like Nasser is always picked in the left left wing. And I remember he, he really disappointing for Kerala Blasters where, you know, he never like, you know, he didn't look like a player who goes good goals. And I remember, I mean, I'm not taking credits for it. I just remember saying a very, you know, you know, a casual statement on WhatsApp saying, hey, listen, He's going to go to Hyderabad and back then I think Roka was the coach, like Albert Roka was the coach. So it's like he's going to, Roka is going to convert him into an exciting young winger and we're all going to regret. And, you know, just, I mean, I didn't expect this to happen, but like, uh, I mean, Albert Roka left, but somebody else came in and he's really transformed the entire Hyderabad side. It's not just Nasri. And suddenly he looks at an exciting player and I always thought Constantine knew what was best for Indian football. We were naive. You know, he looks like a, you know, a visionary now in hindsight that, you know, somebody like a Rolling Borges, he kept picking a lot of people didn't, you know, think that he was a, you know, great footballer. But now look at Rolling Borges. He's like one of the best uh, sentiment yeah. builders in the country. So, 100%. Yeah. So just, uh, he probably saw that effort, uh, you know, he's selfless. I think Nasri is one of those selfless players out there. He runs, 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 runs. He helps a lot in defense. So, uh, the part of the reason why Hyderabad fullbacks have been able to bomb forward is the fact that you know he has, you know they have wingers who can, they can trust, and also let's not forget he's probably scored goals for somebody like Liston and Ashishra, and it's a very exciting young uh, setup at Hyderabad. I, I mean, I don't know if it's if, if it is true and if it's got any sense, but they signed up with Dortmund and suddenly they look like Dortmund. So it's just uh, yeah, it, I mean. Interesting, cool. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have a yellow jersey as well. But, uh, sorry, what was that last bit? I mean, they've got a yellow jersey as well, just to you know. Oh, right. of course, yeah, um, yeah, um, you know, this season has really opened up my eyes to the talent we have in certain certain areas. Um, we've mentioned it before goalkeepers, I think, uh, right back, uh, left back, um, in definitely midfield positions. Uh, but now we've got two possibilities up front as well. Um, things are looking really good. 
and uh, we just need to see how ego put gels that makes it gel because we have got big games coming up we've still got the asian cup qualifiers to go for so we'll see how that pans out but that's in the future um in terms of Sorry, I, missed, um, I just missed you with the no it's just going to say uh ego's got a lot of talent to work with hopefully um he can make it yeah, absolutely and um you know i think hopefully um, he can make it to goa first and actually watch a couple of matches <laughs> We've called him out on this, and the powers that be, we know they listen to this show because you, you see that when they when they when they listen to you, a week or so later they do uh, take that note and make the changes. So um, I don't know, Igor, if he's uh, being a little bit stubborn, but I'll, I won't be surprised if he's there uh, soon. Um, if he's if he knows um, what's good I plan for him. To go out, by the way. Oh wow! Okay, brilliant. Um, obviously. Catch a lot of Goa Pro League as well. That's beginning, I think, tomorrow. Oh no, uh, on twenty seventh or something. So hopefully, well, can never... watch a lot of young players. I mean, I'm not jealous at all. You're going from the beautiful state of Kerala to Goa, so you know I'm not envious at all. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, when this uh, show, I, ends... I, I'm going to pass in you a little bit of sun. Well, do you know what? I'm. I'm. When this show ends, I'm going to just show you. It, it has started snowing heavily here. As we spoke, oh, as we're no. speaking, I'll show you the screen once we finish the show. Uh, but uh, no, absolutely. Oh, one very quick question: Do you think Brandon is our best number ten? At this question for you, I want you. I yeah, I just wanted your views on that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on virtual performance, I think yeah, Brandon is our number ten. I don't know whether our Indian team needs a number ten though. Really? We can play with two number eight instead, uh, and yeah. have like more. You know, midfield than you know, invest uh, full on number ten and expect two to anchor the midfield. I personally like that system more. Where I mean, again, Brandon is number eight, sort of an advanced number eight, and not necessarily as a number ten. And you also have somebody like Anirudh Thapa, who's also you know covering the midfield, and then you can have somebody sit back like a Borges or somebody like that, um, wrapping up things for them. I personally like that rather than invest on one number ten to do everything. I thought Sahar would have been a better number ten, but he's not really, you know, you know, yeah, he's not been expected. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. No, I just want to take your views because I'm uh, doing Igor's job, like I said, because he's not in Goa, and we've talked about that. But you're going to Goa, which is fantastic news, and uh, I look forward to hearing about uh, that as well. But brilliant, loved the show again today. Loved your views. Um, looking forward to the uh, videos, the amazing work that you're doing there, highlighting social issues, but also um, bringing out these wonderful, wonderful stories from our former players. Uh, and uh, really looking forward to see that. So um, big power to you on continuing to do that. And um, let's spread the message about the work that you're sharing. But thank you again, my friend. Um, been wonderful. It's been um, hopefully I can speak to you again, again next week. <laughs>